and the lights that appear in on the distance in Marfa are red, white, and blue, if you can believe that. Huh. So those are some crazy pictures. Yeah. It's not like we're up north where you can you can necessarily explain this away as being some atmospheric phenomena like the northern right. lights or something. Now there are certain parts of the Grand Canyon that are completely walled off. You are not allowed to go into these areas. You're not allowed to fly helicopters in a certain area. If modern archaeology and anthropology accepted something different than the current narrative, there's some amazing finds out there. You can go into Utah, for instance, and you can find locations, I've seen them myself, where it appears to be Egyptian hieroglyphs. We haven't gotten into this yet, but what are the ramifications of that? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Metaphysical Podcast, where we look into the paranormal, the anomalous, and the strange phenomena of our world. Today, we'll be diving into mystery spots. Ever heard of the strange lights that no one can really pinpoint? How about crumbling mystery walls whose builders and purpose are both unexplained? Not to mention the covered up Grand Canyon exploration, vortexes, gravity moving in the wrong direction, and so much more. John Vivanco has some amazing remote viewing data to share on these mystery spots that you're definitely going to want to hear. So join me, investigative researcher Rob Counts, and John for a show that's out of this world. Are you listening to Metaphysical or watching us on a video platform? Wherever you are, please leave us a five-star rating and review to help us reach even more people. Make sure you also like and subscribe wherever you're watching us. And thank you for being here. This is going to be an awesome one. I'm excited about this one. I'm really excited about this one, too. And, and actually, with some of these mystery spots, I think that the rabbit holes just go really deep. You know, it's... Wait, which mystery spots? Well, just in general, when I say mystery spots, I'm not talking about like the, uh, I guess you could say the ones that are more commonly known, like the, the Santa Cruz sideshow ones. Yeah. yeah. Like they, there's just like, for instance, you could talk about, and we will get into this, like this, this strange phenomena of gravity with water at the Hoover Dam. And like that right, maybe right, isn't right. even that interesting. But then the Hoover Dam itself, it's like you could just keep going and going into that one. That I don't even know what's there. I literally don't know what's at Hoover Dam. Honestly, it's too much to even cover in this episode. So like we're going to we're going to wait <laughs> to do an oh, unveil. I mean, I'm like enticed now. Is it like Lake Lanier? What was you know, Lake Lanier in Georgia where it's like they flooded a whole city. And if you like scuba dived underwater there, you know, swimming through crazy. city streets and graveyards and stuff. No, that is crazy. I've looked into that myself, and that is bizarre. But no, this this is something much more strange. And and honestly, like with my cursory research on Hoover Dam, the mathematics and the particular spot that they chose all have bizarre, deeper meaning. Even the dates, like some of the dates revolved around this thing that just they need a proper episode done on it. All right. Okay. But right. I mean... Speaking of the Hoover Dam, honestly, like I know we probably had a plan for what we were going to get into. But one of the strange things about the Hoover Dam is is this thing where if you hold water over the edge, right, you're on that little bridge there and the water goes up instead of going down. Right. Which doesn't make any sense. And, you know, when this was being explained, when I was researching this, I was like, well, I mean, look at the curvature of the Hoover Dam. Right. Like 
I don't personally, when I looked at that, I was like, I don't think that whatever that was built there is causing a gravitational anomaly. It seemed more likely that it would be wind or air movement to me. That was my, that was my hunch. But what do you think about the Hoover? That Yeah, no, that's, movement? that's exactly what, what I saw. Cause I, I just did a quick like tasking on that with remote viewing. Um, you know, what's happening to the water. And it was, it was about air current. It was about air current that was specifically, but you know, that's not to say that there aren't these locations that have gravitational anomalies in general. I mean, because there are locations that do have them. Not, not that specifically though, that that's not a, necessarily anything super strange. It's just air current. Right. And, yeah. and I, I mean, I think that What's interesting about these is when you start bringing, I mean, there are so many gravitational anomalies that people have reported in the United States alone, like these different spots that you can go to. And of course, some of those are going to be, you know, just they're either going to be just like speculation or people kind of like not it's it's sort of like, you know, you're you're on a hill pointing down and the way that the horizon line looks you're just looking at um, what seems to be you going uphill, but you're really going downhill. And so the, right. the, you know, there are going to be some of those types of things, but then there are really some more unexplainable ones that scientists really should be looking into more, and they are conveniently not for some reason. Here, right. here is the Hoover Dam, right, um, right, wind effect there. Yeah. Well, you know, there. Okay, so this is a kind of strange, and I had no like leads on this. I didn't, I wasn't given any leads on this you know, of places to explore, to investigate, but I would say probably back 2002 or something. Um, there was this guy that was in intelligence and he was somebody who would like talk to us at times and give us, you know, things to do. Um, like it would be just, uh, like technology type stuff and help. Sure you know, remote viewing on certain things. And he told us one time that there are locations across the planet that um, military is very interested in because they're, they're very condensed, small-ish locations that have crushing gravity. Right. Like areas on the planet that have cr crushing gravity. Which means... This is what this guy said. Like, I had no, I have no, like, no other information other than that. And Which I would mean I that would have to mean that the mass or matter was more concentrated there. I mean, according it would to, have to be, right? science, right? According to science. But I think that that when you actually get into these anomalies, um, I don't know if the way we understand it, like theory of relativity and whatnot, uh, is really applicable. I don't <laughs> Well, but, but that's the whole thing, though. What bothers me about the theory of relativity is exactly that, that it is a theory to explain right. a part yeah. of what Albert Einstein was aware of. There's so many other things going on. I mean, that is why physics has to have like three separate theories going on at the same time to try to explain different types of phenomena. And even then they can't explain a lot of stuff or avoid it altogether. Right. And a theory is just a theory. Theories are often theory. propagated as that is it. But uh, I think people forget that theories are just that. They're just yeah. a theory. It's just a theory. Someone just has an idea of what it might right. be. That's it. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, Hoover Dam is a good way to intro into all of this. But, you know, there is a phenomenon down south 
that I thought was really strange that I, that I kind of wanted to bring up to you, John. And I, I looked into this separately myself. Um, I lived in Texas for for a time, and there is an anomaly called the Marfa Lights in Texas. And what's strange is that people come from all over the world to see th this thing. And and just so that everybody's aware, where Marfa is, like this area, the Marfa Lights in Texas, we're we're not. This is not on water. This is like it's just desert, right? land. It's just yeah, desert. Desert. It's land. And so also what's so interesting about this is it's like we're talking about the Lone Star State here, right? Like there is a culture and attitude in Texas that if the world falls, Texas will still be there, right? And they, they, they're they very, you know, um, they carry a lot of, of pride in, in themselves and in, in, in the country. And the lights that appear in on the distance in Marfa are red, white, and blue. If you can believe that. Huh, that's funny. Yeah. <sighs> so it's like, it, you know, whatever. I don't know. Just like, I just think that that's, Man, that's that, those are some crazy pictures. Yeah. And, and the, there is seeming, I mean, it's not like we're up North where you can, you can necessarily explain this away as being some atmospheric phenomena, like the Northern right. lights or something. We're talking about, really bizarre lights seen in uninhabited areas that are very, very hard to traverse. So, and, you know, most reports claim that these are whimsical and, and friendly. Other witnesses, they actually maintain um, they're kind of ever distant and aloof. Like you can't travel towards them. They just keep, you know, it's so they a, move away. They move away from individuals trying to get close. I mean, that's that's some of the reports yeah. on this. You know, some sources claim they they zoom across the plains at uh, at a terrifying speed, only to whip back around and dissolve before hitting the the dumbstruck viewer. So, like, huh. actually, kind of zooming in at people, right? Almost right. as if there's a consciousness to the lights. That's well, a really really strange phenomena, right? Well. There is a consciousness to the lights. So Definitely. you looked into this. Yeah, we John. looked into this one. What the heck are these things? Well, I mean, okay, so the data straight up was saying UFOs. Really? Like, yeah, like they were the the data was saying UFOs. Now, obviously, this is not like nuts and bolts thing. Unidentified flying objects. It's a loaded loaded term, right? UFOs is literally in this data referring to aliens. In the data, it's referring to aliens. These are a consciousness alien, but this is more of a light form, light ship. So these are like energy beings. They're like of some sort. They're like energy beings, but like there's more than one being in these balls, right? And 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 the it's it's literally okay. So so the data describes an area that is layered dimensionally, like you've got layers and layers and layers of dimensions kind of stacked. I don't know how it works, honestly. Like sometimes when we remote view things, we have like like two dimensions that are sort of slipping back and forth, crossing over, right? right. Sometimes we look at areas like this where we have stacked layers, uh, like the multiverse area where there's multiple locations in one location, right? So it would be like superimposed. There would be multiple locations superimposed in the multiverse in this region specifically. So that's what the data describes and that these, 
that in part it is related to the geology of the area as always i mean there there is okay. something geologically significant in that area underground that is allowing more energy for these things to to move through the multiverse in that area and so what people see in that area these lights these beings okay so if these beings are in a ship right and they're flying around in the area and there's a human like going towards them the human to them would look somewhat ghosty ghost-like because they're not completely focused into our dimension this what you're seeing is almost like this this reflection of them a faint reflection of them from another dimension because there's so much energy that they have like a material mirage almost almost but not really right they're still there they're still there but they're not 100 physically there so so that's what it is this area is like this this location where they're moving in and out of it well, and I, what I, I think what you see is it's like this 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 field of them and those guys flying around is is in our dimension but mostly focused in another dimension so what's what's so interesting about this to me is first of all to try to explain all of this to everyone at home is you know there is this theory of of the quantum universe like multiple dimensions existing at once actually you know depending on what scientist you talk to there are potentially innumerable or uh, unlimited amounts of dimensions that were created at the same time that the Big Bang even went off. Like if this dimension was created, multiple dimensions were conceivably created as well, all existing potentially at the same time in the same place, all adjacent to one another, maybe even overlapping. So if that is true, if that's true, it would only make sense then that in certain areas, it's potentially there is a, a recipe of of factors that are causing anomalies that are hard for us humans to explain when we live in a world that is almost entirely, you know, like functioning in this dimension. Right. right? And that's what we've seen, like not just with this, but with many other projects that we actually do live in this layered multiverse where, where there is crossover and, and, and interaction between these zones more so than people even realize. Right. And, and our physics, theoretical physics, has pointed to this in the, in, within the theory of the Big Bang, right? They have pointed right. to it. So there is like a, a mathematical model for it that lines up somewhat uh, with what's going on. I mean, it's not, you know, obviously it's not exactly it, but it is, there is a, a hey, layered but, multiverse that we're existing within. But the point is, is it's not that far-fetched. Like this, it's not. It's not. And and what is even crazier is be, we're seeing this because there's some sort of potential, you know, geological effect of maybe it's a piezoelectric charge in the rocks or something like that. It's always that, literally. Yeah. Right. So and and so we've got, you know, a combination of electromagnetics and energy that's causing an effect that we can actually see that's manifesting to our eye. But what about everywhere else where there isn't that like what's so crazy about this to me is if we're just seeing a a small amount of this in that area because of that effect. What about everywhere else where you don't have the piezoelectric charge? We're talking about, you know, the overlapping happening all around us all the time. We just can't see it. It's like a radio right. wave that you didn't know was there until you turn the radio on and oh, now I can hear it. 
it's all existing around us, right? Right. Well, I mean, just <clears throat> on a basic level, ghosts. <clears throat> I see ghosts. I, I'll, I'll see them with my eyes. You I, know? See I see dead people. I see dead people. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, I mean, I, I saw one last night. Like What? Yeah, last night, moving in front of me, a, a shadow moving in mm. front of me. This is a, a being that's existing in another dimension. Do, you know, like the IR receptors that you have on the yeah, edges sure. of your eyes. Like you, I, yeah. you will actually pick up movement on the edges of your eyes more so than looking right at it. I mean, this is something like, you know, military training. You know, when, when you're out at night and you're a soldier, you're shifting your eyes back and forth because you're going to, you've got more IR receptors on the edges and you're going to see things. So when all of you out there, see things moving in the corner of your eye is there <laughs> it happened to me the other night too actually where it was like since i saw something move and and i had just gotten into bed it was pitch dark in the room save for my phone and you know i pulled the covers up and did this right here i was like i see dead people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah so that's such an interesting one and i think you know okay so this is a this is a strange phenomena we're talking about here but then... yeah that's definitely a strange i apparently you can pull off the road and, and look at it a lot of people have seen it and there's a lot of theories as to you know what it is like i think the predominant theory is is what headlights from cars but see it's i mean that's it's ridiculous like, like when oh gosh you know what what can't. really bothers me about those those types of like when when uh someone who thinks they're really smart blows something off as being headlights from cars when it's in the middle of nowhere and there's no evidence to back up that it's headlights from cars and it actually somehow, was seen yeah. in the 1800s <laughs> yeah <laughs> right but like right right exactly but somehow like that is a widely accepted theory about right. it when there's literally no evidence to back that up and right. it's it just makes it even stranger to me when, but all you know. you know all the mystery light locations the if you i mean you could probably um run a little survey or a little wikipedia survey to find all of the different mystery uh, light locations and every single one of them is going to have that as an explanation. Yeah. yeah, reflections from cars, guys. Right. That's all it is. <laughs> Atmospheric. Uh, right. Well, you know, what's not a phenomena is the Grand Canyon, the strange stuff around the Grand Canyon. Um, I mean, what I find so interesting about the Grand Canyon is that in the early 1900s, there was a lot of uh, exploration down into the Grand Canyon. Uh, a lot of doorway entrances were found. Pyramid shapes were found. Man-made tunnels and chambers were reported. Uh, Egyptian relics were reported. Previously occupied underground tunnel cities were reported. Um, sarc sarcophagi monuments. I mean, what the, like, and now there are certain parts of the Grand Canyon that are completely walled off. You are not allowed to go into these areas. You're not allowed to fly helicopters in a certain area because they are being, they're, they, they are being completely watched by the government essentially. And, um, you know, also strange is that the entire Grand Canyon is named after Egyptian things like, you know, the Isis Temple, the Tower of Ra, you know, um, I don't know how to pronounce this, the Ch Chops Pyramid. Chops. Chops, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, they've got like, you know, one named like the Buddha Temple and stuff like that. Um, 
it's probably one of the most breathtaking places on planet earth bar none you know and it has a just majestic feeling that's very hard to explain when you're there you know you just feel it feels amazing i can remember the feeling right now of just being there looking at it and just it's not just a feel like it's not just wow this looks amazing there's yeah, actually you know what i remember you texted me from there and you're like I'm reciting the national anthem right now. <laughs> no, I don't think you, you didn't say that, but that's like the feeling that I got from you yeah. when you were texting me when you were there. Like America, the beautiful America. Yeah, yeah America. totally. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's a breathtaking place for right. sure. Yeah. Yeah. John Wesley Powell. He was, he really explored that place. Didn't he? Well, yeah. What about what, who was he? He, well, John Wesley Powell. So, okay. So I, I came across some interesting information. I've, I've heard about this for a while and I don't know if it's true or not. Um, I'm still in a research phase on this particular item. So John Wesley Powell was, was the um, director, the first director of the USGS. He was one of the you know, great American explorers mapped out the West, basically. Mm. Um, one of the first modern white men to go down that river, um, I guess. I mean, you know, everybody wants to be the first to do something. Right, and he's, he claims to be the first to go down the Grand Canyon, which is not true. Absolutely not true. Of course not. Whatever. People have been doing that for thousands of years. Exactly. So so anyway, he was the first director of the USGS. <clears throat> he was also the director of the Bureau of Ethnology for the uh, Smithsonian Institution. And he was the one actually that made the decree, the Powell Doctrine, that basically said, you, and this became policy, that Anybody researching, um, you know, in the field, archaeology, anthropology, uh, stuff that could be older than uh, Columbus discovering America has to stop and we will not tolerate it. You can't go that way. What? Right. It's, it was the decree he made. Um, basically, trying to stop people, the Smithsonian didn't want investigators, researchers to uncover stuff from previous civilization. Because it would change the narrative. Because it would change the narrative. Now, I don't. Now, this is the part that I don't know whether it, that is is true or not. But I had heard that in his original book, his original book on the Grand Canyon, he said, "I'm just going to read this to you." In this canyon, great numbers of man-made caves are hollowed out. I first walked down a gorge to the left of a cliff and climbed to a bench of the cliff. There was a trail on the cliff bench that was deeply worn into the rock formation where the trail crossed some gulches, <clears throat> some steps had been cut. I could see no evidence that the trail had been traveled in a long time. I returned to our camp around 3 p.m. and the men had found more Egyptian hieroglyphics on cliff walls near the cave. We explored the cave and found this shrine and other artifacts. That evening, I sent team, a team member to notify the Smithsonian Institute of our discovery. We continued to survey the canyon and discovered more Egyptian tunnel cities. I estimate in my report that I think upwards of 50,000 Egyptians had inhabited the Grand Canyon at one time. Now, now, this in some zones is attributed to John Wesley Powell in one of his earlier books. When you get to a current edition of his book on the Grand Canyon, it's claimed that that's taken out. And I, I've seen that book and that is not in the new edition of the book. I'm we'll trying to out. find an older edition of the book yeah. to see if that's actually in there. 
Now, I kind of doubt it's in there for one thing, because this would be vaunted all over the place by, you know, conspiracy type researchers. I, I don't I right? don't agree. I, don't, I think don't so. I don't think so, because <clears throat> I think that um, there's what I'm finding is there is a treasure trove of information, even from newspapers back in the day where they were reporting on this stuff where it was right. okay to report on. And then all of a sudden it got cut off and like, look at this here in 1909, the Arizona Gazette reported that the Smithsonian archeologists discovered an ancient civilization deep inside a vast grand Canyon cavern, complete with mummies, Egyptian style artifacts, etc. In 1909, uh, this is the, the article, um, Quote, explorations in Grand Canyon, mysteries of immense rich cavern being brought to light. Jordan is enthused. I guess that's the guy on the, um, you know, exploration there. And it says, uh, remarkable find indicates ancient people migrated from Orient. So this is Professor Jordan. That's his and, name. And this was also G.E. Kincaid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so, and here we go. Like, here's from the article. Okay. Quote. If their theories are borne out by the translation of the tablets engraved with hieroglyphics, the mystery of the prehistoric peoples of North America, their ancient arts, who they were and whence they came will be solved. Egypt and the Nile and Arizona and the Colorado will be linked by a historical chain running back to ages, which staggers the wildest fancy of the fictionist. Yeah. Okay. Quote, under the direction of Professor S.A. Jordan, the Smithsonian Institute is now proceeding the most thorough explorations, which will be continued until the last link in the chain is forged. Nearly a mile underground, almost 1,480 feet below the surface, the long passage has been delved into to find another mammoth chamber from which radiate scores of passageways like the spokes of a wheel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here's the last quote here. Several hundred rooms have been discovered, reached by passageways running from the main passage, one of them having been explored for 854 feet and another 634 feet. The recent finds include articles which have never been known as native to this country, and doubtless they had their origin in the Orient. War weapons, copper instruments, sharp-edged and hard as steel indicate the high state of civilization reached by these strange people. So interested have the scientists become that preparations are being made to equip the camp for extensive studies and the force will be increased to 30 or 40 persons. And then, mysteriously, no more word of this. Right, and then the Smithsonian uh, denied uh, that they ever funded this and have anything to do with any of this. And it's all a lie. Yeah. And so the, this article is mentioning some of what you talked about. Everyone says it's a hoax now. Everyone I, says it's a hoax. I'm, I'm much more likely to actually, this is what bothers me about that whole thing is it's like, why, why would this not get covered up? Right. When you really think about it, use your head. If this is going to completely change a narrative that's really just like so many scientists have built their careers over, you're not just going to casually change that. And there, there's going to be a lot of dissent on these things if especially it's changing a prevalent narrative that is already out there. 
Okay, I mean, like, like in <clears throat> case in point, this has got nothing to do with this type of stuff. This is like, uh, this is this is the super crazy ancient archaeology side, according to most of society. But when you look at what the powers that be have done around Wild Talco in Mexico, mm -hmm. which was which was literally just an investigation into um, uh, when ancient peoples were in Mexico, the the carbon dating that they got back went, and we're talking about Smithsonian scientists that were doing mm -hmm. this, very well-known people who were investigating this site, talking about USGS, like, like very well-known up-and-coming geologists and, you know, archaeologists investigating this. They found that they were looking at items from uh, uh, people that were about 250,000 years old when you got to the carbon dating. Okay. So according to um, the theory, that can't happen, right? That can't happen because they claim that humans were, you know, they crossed the land bridge and they wouldn't have been down there then at all. There's no way, not even 22,000 years ago, which was the first, you know, number that they got on the site. Like that was even turning heads, even from these geologists or an archaeologist who are really well vetted, peer reviewed, who work for USGS and Smithsonian. They shut it all down. They completely shut it down. And somebody built a house on top of the site because it would blow apart the narrative. And we're, we're only talking about like, like how long people have been in a certain area. We're not talking about like ancient artifacts from Egypt in caves in, in uh, Arizona. Like, it's mind boggling. It's mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and why? Mind blowing. What's crazy is like, I mean, wouldn't isn't it exciting to to find all of this new stuff and like? I will tell you, it, it is, is very exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting actually when you're out in the field and you actually do it. Right. I and mean, then, that is like imagine, the most phenomenal thing. Can you imagine how many archaeologists or people? innocently just out there exploring finding finding a bunch of stuff and then just watching nothing happen after you've found it right over and over and over again like you've just got to feel like cut off at the knees you know what i right. mean after a while exactly yeah. i know i know and a lot of these people felt that way a lot of the i mean there's interviews with these people who are involved in that site and they were literally blackballed literally and, and they had great careers as archaeologists before that and they had to go off to the side to get other funding to do it. And they kept getting shut down by the government for investigating the site. And one person was even, well, one person even died. Uh, I think it was uh, a person who was involved, who was going to give information on why they kept getting shut down. I think there were about three or four interviews lined up there where they were going to go investigate. So one person mysteriously died and then the three others said we could have talked to you last month but we can't now because the authorities told us not to talk to you so i mean there's just i mean and literally that's just a that's not about crazy crazy stuff it's just about right. dates but right? it's a yeah, it, that is one of their most protected agendas though really is right. like think, think about it right oh we only go back you know I mean, the, the dates just keep going back further now, but like not, not a lot, like 15,000 years, you know, 20,000 right. years where we're, we're trying to keep everything within this like really convenient 
15,000 right. year narrative and anything that goes back further where you start talking about like developed civilizations 250,000 years ago, that's going to raise some eyebrows. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you know, what's just to kind of go in, like there's a, there's more to the grand Canyon than, than just that too, for everybody right. at home. Like the, the legends are actually incredible. There's, there's some legends that a Hopi um, deity or God resides in the Grand Canyon. This is what they believe, right? Um, you know, you can be cursed or get really bad luck or illness if artifact, uh, you know, basically from artifacts and rocks, if you take them home, like it's, it's considered sacred land. So, and, and there are multiple places in the world where there is an effect like this. If you take rocks from a certain area, you just have terrible luck until you return the, the rock. And then um, some museums even where this is the case, like actually the Blarney Stone in, in Ireland is like this, where if if people take some of the rock from the Blarney Stone and um, over there, uh, they just have terrible luck until they return the rock. So people will send them back from overseas right. with an yeah. apology letter and they get tons and tons of, of notes every year. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So un unruly spirits in the area have been. I started laughing just like I gotta just tell you this really. My, oh well, yeah, I was like do. I was I was out at, I was at you know the the great sand dunes in New, Me New Mexico where there's supposedly some gray alien base. Um, yes, like it, I, I think it's called White Dunes or Great Sand Dunes. I can't remember national something or other. Right. Um, I found some really cool rocks and I just stuck them in my pocket and my kid was with with me. You know, he was we were camping. He was like four or five. And then we went on a tour with the ranger and the ranger's talking about the rocks. And he goes, ah, oh, oh, my data has those. My data has found these. Look, data, show her. And he's like grabbing, he's like trying to pull them out of my pocket. And she's just looking at me, just going. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Kid, kid told on me. Mm. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. What are they good for? If not that, right? I know. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, um, there've been reports uh, you know, aside from just the spirits that I just mentioned, that dinosaur bones have been found over there, um, allegedly. You know, I don't have the bones, but that's a very ancient area, so it makes sense. Uh, Bigfoot sightings and some claim, maybe this is connected to, you know, some of the excavations that they were doing, that there is a gateway to the afterlife over there. Yeah, yeah. right. Well, we had looked at, um, so G.E. Kincaid, this is 1909, when that supposed Smithsonian expedition occurred. Um, I'm, I'm checking into the Powell quote. I got to find out about that one, um, research-wise. See if this is attributed to him for sure. But on the side of G.E. Kincaid, we looked at this with remote viewing. Um, and so one of the things that we looked at, sometimes it's hard to like, understand what a person um whether it's a lie or not sometimes it's a little bit difficult with remote viewing because it's more like a, a a binary question it's a yes or a no and remote viewing only describes things it doesn't like give you a yes or no answer did he find something yes or no no the remote viewers don't do that stuff they only describe right mm -hmm. so so i had tasked on um, G.E. Kincaid's emotional reaction and what he was doing at the moment he claims to have found this 
like cave with the civilization, Egyptian right. civilization in it, because see, that would be a good, that's a good tasking for remote viewing because that gives the remote viewers a lot to chew on. Like he, like we, we've done this tasking before, like on paranormal stuff, people make claims like I fought an alien in the forest and it's actually like the dude's in a spa in Las Vegas laughing with his buddy and drinking that they're going to concoct this big story. Right. So it always tells you the truth. So what we got with GE Kincaid at that moment was that he was scrambling through like this opening. There was, there was a lot of brush around him. He, his heart was beating like, like you wouldn't, it was like beating out of his chest. He he's, he's moving through a tight space that opens up into a big space and the remote viewers start to describe gold spears, um, uh, they don't say Egyptian. They don't say anything like that. They're just describing like, like artifacts, like right. ancient artifacts in this like huge carved out that was carved out. Like it wasn't like a natural necessarily natural. It may have begun natural and they carved into it after that, but it was carved out by these guys. And Kincaid was, was literally just like losing his mind. mind. Like, like he, his heart was like beating out of his chest, like wow. unbelievable. So that's the data we got on it. And then digging deeper into it, um, this stuff is, is likely Egyptian. It's likely Egyptian because when you start remote viewing it more and more, the remote viewers start to talk about hieroglyph, hieroglyphic type, uh, low relief stuff. Um, and so it's likely attributed to Egyptians. Most likely what, it's Egyptians. So we haven't gotten into this yet, but what are the ramifications of that? Like, how is it that was the ancient Egyptian culture just way more advanced than we're aware of. And they were, they were traveling around exploring or is it more that the land was different at the time? And somehow I just, I'm trying, I'm struggling to understand how, like think of the distance between Egypt and ancient Egypt where most of that stuff is in the grand Canyon. Right. Yeah, I know. I mean, um, I just think that the ancient world at least within what humans consider uh, feasible um, on, on, the, on the mainstream side. I think it was, it was traveled a lot more and understood a lot more than current culture gives credit for. Mm. I really think that. I, don't th I, I mean, I don't think that, 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 um, I don't think that our culture currently accepts it because if we accepted it, then it would, it would, it would blow Columbus out of the water, right? When Columbus was part of this European uh, takeover of the new world, right? I mean, you, you can go into Utah, for instance, and you can find locations, I've seen them myself, where it appears to be Egyptian hieroglyphs. I mean, you know, Rob, you and I went to Australia. Yes. We, Goss, uh, what was it? Gosford, Gosford yes. glyphs. Yep. We had remote viewed that, you know, like some of those are faked. And they're faked in order to throw off the real ones. That's what we saw with remote viewing. Like and we some saw of them are completely modern right. and, and just somebody messing around. Nonsense. Yeah. But then there's really, really old ones that mm -hmm. are Egyptian. They are Egyptian. So, I mean, they were around. They, 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 they were around. I mean, the Vikings were around too. They came to uh, America. So, you know, I don't know. I just, it's it, it the big problem is this is the decree that Wesley Powell made for the Smithsonian that now the whole world follows 
because it's as though the Smithsonian or those that are behind the Smithsonian are in control of all like mainstream tenured archaeology and anthropology, right? Mm -hmm. And because of that decree, that set the stage for what to research, what not to research, what to ignore and not ignore. But it actually makes it really cool for us that like to go out and explore ourselves because you can find stuff. And I have found stuff. So it's such a, I mean, yes. And it's, I mean, think about it, right? There's so much unexplored out there already that no one is willing to even look at because of the dangers of, of affecting the narrative. Right. Right. So there's a lot out there. Yeah. The tenured, tenured people, they won't look at it. They won't look at it. Nope. Which is interesting, too. Yeah, because like, you know, when we're going to get into more of the in the next episode, I mean, we're going to be talking about some some pretty awesome stuff. I mean, we'll, we'll get into a bunch of other spots and we have pretty much unlimited spots because of the world is so weird. So we'll get through as many as we can, but uh, we won't be stopping anytime soon with with these types of episodes. Um, but yeah, we'll be talking about some anomalies that scientists just are unwilling to really look at. <laughs> And uh, and they should it should be looked at. I mean, we could learn a lot from looking at these things and they're they're often blown off and and almost kind of, you know, considered a gimmick almost. And 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 they're not the, like the like we and we will get into this, like the Oregon vortex and the, the mystery spot in uh, in Santa Cruz. OK, yeah. So I think uh, at this point we've got a few minutes left. I think we should get into a, just a couple of other things and then we'll move on to, the you know, the then you guys can check out the next episode where we're going to just keep going over all of this stuff. But there is a, there's a few strange things in Oregon, which which I think the most of which we'll get into in the next episode. But Thor's well in Oregon is a, is a strange, uh, a strange place now. It seems to be rumored to be a drain to the underworld. And um, the local legend suggests that Thor struck this spot, you know, in Oregon. Okay. It, it basically creating a giant hole. And, and it's actually quite dangerous because the people will kind of go up to this thing. And uh, some people have gotten caught up in, in this whole thing. Um. I don't know what it is. I mean, I don't and really get know. sucked into it. I think that's what I heard is that people huh. like it is actually quite. <clears throat> it's actually quite dangerous. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, OK, so Atlas Obscura says, um, yeah, like people. So just to confirm, you know, like people are actually dying there like this. That's happened. And um, Atlas Obscura says, quote, sitting on the edge of the Oregon coast near Cape perpetua a gaping seemingly bottomless sinkhole swallows the unbroken stream of seawater around it thor's well as the natural wonder is known is not actually bottomless it is however very dangerous okay so yeah i mean it appears to drain water from the ocean some researchers think that it started out as a sea cave whose roof collapsed creating um an opening at the top and the bottom through which the ocean basically sprays that's interesting. So it, it blows out of it as well. I wonder. I guess. Yeah, it's like a blowhole, mm. blowhole thing. We I haven't remote viewed that. Haven't looked at that one. Um, you know, I don't know if there there could be some paranormal aspect to it. I mean, well, think about how many people have died there. There's going to be a 
paranormal aspect. Well, now there is. There <laughs> yeah, wasn't before, there right? Yeah. It's like they're stuck to it now. Um, That's sad. You know, you go yeah. there just to like visit it, to check it out. And then somebody, you know, one of your buddies doesn't come home. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Different kind of portal. Yeah. <clears throat> That's the old, a... the old death portal. And da dangerous stuff, too. But it is strange that it would. I mean, there was a couple of things I was looking into where it was like, like strange waterfalls that no one can find where they lead. You know, I mean, who knows? Like, obviously, <laughs> probably that water is making its way out somewhere. Right. Um, but why is it so deep just in that one spot? I, I think a nat uh, some type of natural or unnatural cave seems the most, you know. Um, well, the I mean, think about all of the volcanoes in that area. I think it's probably <clears throat> northern Oregon. I'm not 100 percent sure, but mm. you've got a lot of volcanoes up there. You've got Mount Hood, you've got Rainier, St. Helens, Adams, tons. And so there's tons of lava flow, miles and miles that go for <clears throat> many miles, many miles away from the uh, the volcanoes, which form lava tubes as well. So. Right. Got to wonder if that's a lava tube. Like, yeah, like the, the water is going construct. down into there. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. <clears throat> okay, yeah. well, the next one that we're probably going to, we're not going to have enough time to cover all of this, but we are going to introduce the topic because this is super bizarre, is the East Bay Mystery Walls. So these are called the Berkeley Mystery Walls or the Great Walls in California. You know, they're basically crude-looking walls. They're very crude-looking, yeah. yeah throughout the hills surrounding the San Francisco Bay area in Northern California. Nobody knows who built them or why. And some sections spiral up hills, which right. that's really hard to do. Think about, I mean, look at that. Oh yeah. You some, know. some sections do spiral up hills. The, the, they're, they're really, there's nothing spectacular about these walls. They're literally just almost like uh, rubble piles. Well, a lot of them have fallen down. Uh, but they go for miles. They go literally from, you know, Morro Bay uh, all the way up to probably the Oregon border. Many, 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 many miles of these walls. And um, like you said, some of them spiral, literally spiral up these steep hills, which is very difficult uh, endeavor, di difficult thing for somebody to do. I mean, even modern humans doing this. Think about the amount of time and effort it would take to do that. Yeah. That's not small amount of. No, it's not. It's, it's not. It's not a small amount of effort, it, especially given the amount that are out there. I mean, they're, yeah, they're just thousands, thousands of rocks. It's just there. There's tons of them out there. Like um, I've gone and investigated them. But the, um, the some of the theories are like, I think the Chinese built them or the Spanish built them. I mean, uh, and that's about it. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. I mean, some of these walls obviously were repurposed to a certain degree for keeping animals in, but they were actually not very, very high. You know, they're not very high in general. They're not defensive. Um, they just, you know, they don't do anything as far as like keeping most animals in, unless you like, you know, make them higher or defensive. I mean, is there any chance that these could have been really large walls around or 
to block off for some type of ancient city or something. And over time, the walls deteriorated and fell down into the rubble. Is there any chance of that? I, you know, I don't I don't think so. Not necessarily. I don't think so. It's it's for something else. We we, we remote viewed this, actually. And I've been extensively out in the field in that area, uh, like hiking and and finding things out there that are kind of mind boggling. Um, just seriously mind boggling and locations around these, this area as well, that would, if we, if, if, if modern archeology span and anthropology accepted something different than the current narrative, there's some amazing finds out there. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is one of them. This is really this bizarre. Is yeah. Well, you guys in the next episode, we're going to unleash John's remote viewing data on the East Bay mystery walls. And uh, man, we're going to get into uh, a bunch of other things here. We're going to be talking about black sand beaches, which are stranger than you actually think. Um, the Belcourt Castle, uh, some vortexes, uh, the Oregon vortex. And we're going to be getting into the mystery spot in Santa Cruz, which you're definitely not going to want to miss. So, John, man, thanks for being here. This was like super fascinating episode. Yeah. Um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't think we were going to get that deep into the Grand Canyon and man, we did. And it was awesome. Um, hope you all at home love this and um, yeah, we'll see you guys soon. Um, next episode out all going to be about vortexes. So definitely check it out and uh, hope you guys thought this episode was as out of this world as we did. Thanks, John.